Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Four-year starter. Um, Gino Guidigli, Guidugli, Guidiglet. Guidiglet? Is he a Pokemon? I mean, he might he might be a Pokemon. You know, who who are we to say that he's not a Pokemon? I mean, if he's got Diglett in his name, you know, isn't Diglett a Pokemon? Diglett is a Pokemon. Jonathan, the, just we're I, I, before we get started, I want I want to see something. Do you have any idea who Gino Guidugli is? Are you pronouncing the last name right? Almost certainly not. to the Touchlines and Touchdowns podcast, the world's first and therefore greatest football football mashup podcast. A uh, domestic version of the Touchline Media Group because uh, a number of those teams are currently in America, Chelsea and Arsenal, uh, both having played uh, friendlies uh, in various places, Baltimore and Vegas uh, this week. And so everybody in the Touchline Media Group focused on America and therefore American football. Uh, don't worry about the meaning of American football to British people. Uh, I am your host, Asa, a.k.a. The Twig, because I'm bad at scheduling and because I told people that we were going to record early and we didn't. Uh, my co-host, Napoleon Gregg, a.k.a. The Stump, is not with us today. He is, uh, as of recording, probably pre-gaming a wedding, if my understanding is correct. Um, he can uh, he can let me know later. Um, this episode is brought to you by the Smith Workforce Management Group, as well as whoever Blue Wire decides to put in. Um, you know... Whoever I've, I've, I've been pushing for them to get a deal with PBR, but that seems to not be happening. So um, PBR reach out to us directly. We always appreciate it. Um, the, I am joined in this episode, which is going to be a college football preview episode. Uh, for those of you who pay attention last episode, uh, we talked about what happened over the last six months. And so now we're going to talk about um, the teams that you don't care about. Uh, and I am joined by 
college football experts and general good guys, uh, Jonathan and Tim. Jonathan, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you today, Isa? I'm good. I'm, I, I haven't eaten yet, and I'm not going to for a while, so that's fun. How are you, Tim? Uh, well, well, I've eaten, so I guess doing better than you, Asa. Great. Great. Um, so what we're going to do today is we are going to go through the non-Power 5, but because it's July and because there is no NCAA football game, um, I'd be willing to bet that you guys know about as much as I do about the non-Power 5. Um, do you do you guys have anybody who you've decided to pay attention to yet, or or are we at the point in the summer where it's like, eh? Pay attention to as a team or as a as a player specifically. Yes, I mean, do, what like like what, I feel like every year I forget everything about various non Power Five teams, and then somewhere around September I'm like, oh shit, yeah, Hawaii's fun. It's, or, it is. I think that's kind of a, a lot of the. Uh the fun of those smaller schools is you get to kind of treat them as, as basically a, a, a computer made simulation of, of entirely made up players and cities and universities. <laughs> like, do these schools have classes? I don't know. Do they have other students who aren't just like player 99? I don't know, but it is kind of fun to, to start it as a blank slate every year. I assume that's what their teams do too, right? They just get a brand new set of players every year or, or is it similar to, to the other colleges where they're allowed to like, grow and develop and recruit players too. I, you know, I, I know that they get scholarships for their, their potentially real universities, or I I don't know if they don't have classes, what what do they get? I mean, if I told you that there was a school called Tulane, would you believe that? You mean there's like a football play called a Tulane or or that's a player's last name? No, that's not a school. Yeah, I think I, I think that was one of the plays from Little Giants. Yeah, <laughs> allegedly it's in New Orleans. So you know, uh, also you know what I, I got to tell you, if any of our listeners went to Tulane, I don't care. I I know, I know, I don't, I don't care. Um, Tulane Sean is, King was great. If we're being, if we're yeah, being, it's a, it's a good school. It's a lovely campus in a beautiful city. But it's 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 great. Lousman, JP Lousman. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they they also had um. Uh, the origin of the spread and shred. Rich Rodriguez uh, invented his offense at Tulane for Sean King. Not that Sean King. Not that Sean King. The good Sean King. The other Sean <laughs> King. Quarterback Sean King. Not um, grifter Sean King. <laughs> uh, so we're going to start with the um, with the AAC. And um, I'm just going to go down the list. And your guys are going to tell me what you think you know about these schools. And I'm going to tell you something fun about them. So we're going to start at the bottom of the AAC because this is the the funniest thing that I've seen so far. Um, And the bottom of the AAC is, of course, uh, playing at Lincoln Financial Field. So, Tim, as our local Philly correspondent, what do you know about Temple? Oh, man, Temple had a a rough year last year. They they were missing some key contributors. I I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) What if I told you? that Georgia and Temple both will have started the same quarterback in a two-year span, a quarterback who is committed at various times to Georgia, Oregon, Ohio State, Michigan State. This man is after, is, is literally chasing after this podcast's heart by playing in Philly, committing to Oregon, committing to Michigan State, and being on a, a a Georgia a Georgia title team, um, 
Duan Mathis, everybody. You really got to be impressed by his dedication to lack of dedication to one particular place. I mean, the man, the man is, I, I don't understand how he is here, but I mean, he's, he, he's a, where is he from? Oak Park? Oak Park. Yep. Yeah. So Oak Park, Michigan's very own Duan Mathis, quarterback at Temple. They are picked to finish last in the AAC, apparently having an SEC level quarterback. Not all that helpful if you can't beat out Stetson Bennett, the seventh, fourth. I think Temple could actually be pretty good this year. And they, they have some of my, my players to watch, actually, in the AAC. Oh, yeah. Uh, some, some of the, yeah, in addition to Dwan Mathis, who, who, who is a, a guy, and, and as you know, as the pod knows, I love to remember some guys. And Dwan Mathis is, is right in that, that sweet spot where if you stick around the league long enough, you can be remembered even as you are still being, being an active player. Um, but, yeah, no, Temple's also got Leighton Jordan at, at defensive end. He's, he's someone to watch. Uh, Cameron Ruiz at cornerback. He's, a, he's another player on, on that uh, Temple defense where I think, I think they could surprise people and, and really bring Philly college football to, to some prominence for us. Apropos of nothing, they played Rutgers last year and lost 61 to 14. We've all lost to Rutgers. But, but yeah. it was a pretty loss nonetheless. <laughs> uh, so uh, Navy's Navy. Are we good with that as a preview? Yeah, they're, they're going to Navy. Yeah. Yeah. We support our troops. Yeah. We, we, we support the troops. Our football playing troops. Uh, yeah, they're, they're Navy. Um, South Florida uh, got a recruit, got, got a transfer. Jaron Mangum. Um, hmm. Colorado, Colorado leading running backs this offseason. Jaron Mangum, uh, again, we are a, a apparently Southeast Michigan uh, based uh, podcast. And uh, Jaron Mangum grows. Uh, also is at uh, Colorado. The Mangum family has uh, apparently repaired their beef with Mel Tucker. Um, but that was a thing for a while. Uh, South Florida plays in Tampa. And they're actually, you know what? Their, their coordinators are, I don't know who their head coach is. Their head coach is a guy named Jeff Scott, which if you told me that that was made up, I'd be good with that. But um, they have coordinators, two coordinators that I think you would know. Um, their defensive coordinator, Bob Shoup, who you might remember as being the defensive coordinator for various bad teams over the last, oh, I don't know, 20 years. Does that sound right? Wait, so let me get this straight. South Florida, there are two teams finished slated to finish worse than South Florida this year. Navy and Temple. The, Jeff Scott, the aforementioned, has a career record of 3-18, and 18, and there are two teams that are expected to be worse than this guy? Well, one of the teams he beat was, in fact, Temple. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, the other team he beat was Florida A&M. Um, I mean, is that like a scrap the program loss? Remember when they were good? Yeah, that uh, was fun. The, that 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 weird weird eight weeks of of two thousand and seven when when South Florida like rose to number two or something in the was it BJ Daniels? It was yeah, I think yeah. that's right. Remember then, guys, man, you talk about the wheels falling off a season. I remember that was just like a <laughs> drop. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, uh, and their offensive coordinator is Travis Trickett, who you might remember as being the quarterback of West Virginia for various weird teams in the mid-2000s. 
No, that was Clint Trickett. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. I know who Travis Trickett is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, that doesn't sound. Right. Wasn't that wasn't uh wasn't Clint also like a coach on Last Chance U for a while? Yes, he was. Clint Trickett was on Last Chance U, and then he was the offensive coordinator at like Florida State or something, or quarterbacks coach at Florida State. Um, all right, so Tulsa is ranked eighth. I've got nothing. They've got a coach who's been there for seven years and has a losing record, which tells you all you need to know about Tulsa's ambitions. Um, they, I, I, I had a, uh, a layover in Tulsa. That's okay. about all I got. I, uh, uh, there is a, a family history of mine in which my uh, grandfather uh, had a choice between Detroit and Tulsa. Uh, and my, so my family could have been from Tulsa. They weren't. Um, Tulsa is, they will cut you a fat check if you take your remote work job to Tulsa. Oh. They will they will surround you with benefits and it's kind of a unique program. Yeah. Okay. Good job. Good. But I, I've never, like I said, I've been to. I think I drove through Tulsa, Oklahoma once. Um, uh, Tulane is 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 slated to finish seventh. Um, Wait, that's a real place. Yeah, apparently. Um, huh. They. Uh, oh, you know what? They have a uh, a a nose tackle who was at um, TCU last year. So, you know, that's the work there. I appreciate that, like, the transfer portal has, like, really just, like, upended the way that college football is and that our awareness of players at these schools is because of where they were the prior year. It's just, it's nice to make those connections. That's kind of like how the NFL works. I've only heard of a lot of these players because of where they went to college, so... It's always kind of eye-opening. It's it's just like as if I uh, had a broader awareness of the high schools these kids went to. Right. It's 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 just it's just like um like what we just did with Jeremy. I'm like, oh, he went to Groves. That was cool. But we can do that for oh, he went to TCU. Yeah, that's neat. Um, all right. Other other uh, notable notable teams. Uh, ECU picks to finish sixth. Um, they are not very good. Yeah, that's all, that's all I got for that. Memphis, um, two former Michigan State players transferred there when Mel Tucker took over. Neither of them are projected starters. Um, so Devontae Dobbs, Julian Barnett, whatever you guys are up to, uh, if you, as longtime listeners of the pod, I know, um, just reach out. We'd love to know uh, how Memphis is. Uh, if you're still there, I don't know. I don't know what you're up to. Uh, I did not Google people before this episode started. Um, Rhett Lashley is a head coach at SMU. Tanner Mordecai is their quarterback who you might remember as being like uh he was um he was a four-star who went to Oklahoma and then bailed out when uh Oklahoma decided that they were transfer quarterback you um and just started taking various transfers um UCF lost their quarterback to the transfer portal because if you get too good at this level um Oklahoma will take you as mentioned so Dylan uh Dylan Gabriel um but you know what their quarterback is John Rice Plumlee. So um, again, remembering some guys, John Rice Plumlee was, uh, was an Ole Miss quarterback. Um, Tim, I don't know if you remember, but we watched him extensively one year. I don't remember that. Do you remember the fast white quarterback for Ole Miss like two years ago? I just assumed they've had the same guy there doing the same yeah. thing for a while. Yeah. Basically. Um. And the uh, the last team in the in the AAC or second to last team, Houston is going to finish second. Apparently, um, 
I don't know. They they they're gonna be Houston. Um, Dana Holgerson is there, um, so they'll probably be good. Um, he's a good coach. Number one in the AAC is a playoff participant, um, Luke Fickle and Cincinnati. Um, if I told you that Cincinnati had Mike Tressel as a defensive coordinator, how would you feel about their defense? Well, after just talking about the rest of the teams that they were playing, I, I guess I wouldn't, I wouldn't be too worried about it on their, depending on their non-conference schedule. Uh, their non-conference schedule is they're playing um, at Arkansas, a good Arkansas team. Yeah. Um, they get Kennesaw State at home and they get Indiana at home. Why is Indiana going to Cincinnati? Indiana will play anyone, anywhere, anytime. Whoever is in charge of scheduling at Indiana really needs to like not do shit like that, right? Like that would that would piss you off if you're if you're that program. I don't know. Yeah. Do you do you do you think that they go? I think one and two in those games, right? I mean, I think that. Yeah, I don't know. I, are they returning? You didn't talk about the guys there. So oh, Cincinnati. Cincinnati them. loses everybody. Um, oh, that seems like, bad. Yeah, like everybody who is good on that team last year is gone. Um, Desmond Ritter is giving up the job to uh, something called Evan Prater, who, if I remember correctly, Mark D'Antonio probably gave a scholarship offer to because he's probably a mid-three-star from Ohio because – it turns out when Michigan State was recruiting under D'Antonio and Cincinnati was recruiting, they were recruiting the same kids and Michigan State was losing them, which is its own problem. But, you know, that's where we're at. Um, all right. So how do you guys feel about the AAC? Do you, do you, do you, do you think uh, Cincinnati is going to win it? Do you have any opinions now that we've talked about it? This is perhaps a, a naive question, Asa. Are, are these games televised? These AAC games? Who's to say? Are they on, on the TV? See, like, I... They have their I, own streaming network I need to download? Like, how, how does one watch Temple Tulane this, this year? I you know, I think you have to go to the link. Like, I think oh. you have to, like... Yeah. And I'm sure tickets are, like, 12 bucks, right? Tim, do, do, do you know how much it costs to, to watch a Temple game as our local Philly correspondent? Uh, I can't say I do, Asa. I can't say I do. <laughs> Which I suppose is its own issue, but uh, I don't know. ESPN probably puts them on like Friday nights, That's I guess. Good. Which, like, again, we're we're mocking this. Action. <laughs> yeah, like we're mocking mocking this, but make no mistake, um, I will be live tweeting Tuesday night Tulane versus Temple when that happens. The uh, uh, action. The uh, uh, action. Um, so this this brings us to uh, the next non Power Five conference which includes my favorite non-Power 5 team. And I forgot about them for the last, oh, I don't know, nine months. But they are my absolute favorite non-Power team. Um, UConn? No, they're, they're not in the conference. They will be uh, addressed with the rest of the independents who are too good to join the conference. And that is the only oh. reason why UConn is not in the conference. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw that, but their, their uh, AD said that the Power 5 was scared to play UConn. <laughs> <laughs> he about basketball under Calhoun like what what did, in reference to what that's the thing is that like how far back would you need to go in any sport other than women's basketball for anybody to be scared of playing UConn in anything 2014 it's like well what they they won the Kemba Walker year. didn't they win under Kevin Ollie like a couple years later though 2014 like, Shabazz Napier I don't want to talk about okay. it 
here. Yeah. Don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Don't want to talk about it. Uh, That was, I mean, again, this is not a basketball podcast, but that is uh, Thomas's best team. Good team. Uh, Anyways, um, the Conference USA, which used to be based mainly around like Appalachia, is, is that where Conference USA was used to be based? Like the AAC was the, is the former Big East and now includes teams from who knows. But uh, Conference USA has teams in, in Texas, Florida, Alabama, um, mm-hmm. Tennessee, Louisiana. I aptly named. Yeah. Um, and like, I, I, again, like we used to mock this, like, oh, haha, you have no regionalism. And what's the point of your conference? And then, you know, the rest of college football was like, who needs regionalism? Like it was really smart if you think about it to to be so ambiguous geographically and just be like, you know, we're the USA conference. We're the USA. A little bit of everyone. Yeah. Yeah. It's like like it's like very adaptable. It's like it's the type of thing McKinsey would tell you to name your product, like something like completely nondescript. So it's like, do we need to bring in Wyoming? Well, it's conference USA, it's not conference southeast. <laughs> On that note, I do think that. After just talking about how average the AAC is, I, I have to imagine that that is a name that is just chosen so they'll just show up on firsts and lists or that people would confuse them with the ACC and tune in anyways. It's, uh, it, it's, it's very Acme. Like, I don't, I don't know how many of our listeners know this, but the reason why Acme is used in Looney Tunes is because for the first like 100 years of this country, people named things based on where it shows up in the... Um, yellow pages so acme is is an uncopyrightable name because so many people named their companies acme so that they were in the front of the yellow pages and yes the aac is an acme ass conference it's it's the only it's the only conference designed with uh search engine optimization in mind uh yeah search all the buzzwords about a football conference and you (laughs) might you might find yourself to aac.com um it, it is of course sad to note that the three best teams in the AAC will be part of the big 12 next year. If the big 12 exists. Um, but you know, we're, uh, we're, 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 we're moving right along. We are in the, um, the, the conference USA, uh, the number one team in conference USA university of Texas, San Antonio. Now I know that we're supposed to be talking about the non-power five, but off the top of your head, how many teams in Texas do you think, could beat the University of Texas San Antonio right now. Because I've got one. Maybe two. Yeah, that UTSA team is pretty good. I, mean, I think, though, yeah, A&M would probably be yeah. I think I think A&M and I think Baylor. Yeah. Ba- ba- Dave, Dave Aranda's Baylor is actually sneaky good. And it's, and it's not, I mean, all of, I think all of them could beat each other. And honestly, we should do a weekend of just the Texas teams where up. I'd be great. Going crazy. I think that'd make a lot of money and, and be a lot of fun. Um, but I, I think the fact that there's only, I'd say like two would definitely say with some certainty would beat UTSA. And then the rest would be like, Oh, I'm watching this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm and- watching this battle in Lubbock tonight. <laughs> and the thing is, is that like the rest of the country might like be like vaguely interested, but I am positive that Texas state championship uh, for college football would would like like UT would be like oh we don't care we don't care and then they would lose to UTSA and then they would care a whole hell of a lot for the rest of their history <laughs> might um, be what they need yeah I mean they can't win a national championship or a conference championship so they could probably try to yeah look you can't win your conference until you can win your state 
that's that's a Mark D'Antonio quote. It's also wrong as Michigan showed last year, but you like like it, it's it's a nice like sentiment. Um, so UTSA, uh, there's nothing really all that interesting about them. They're super. They they return a ton of people. They're very senior heavy um, from a team that was very good. So they probably won't go twelve and two again. Um, but they very much could go. I mean, they don't they don't play anybody too different. Oh no, never mind. They go to Texas. We get that game. Wait, what? Yep, we get that game. UTSA goes to Texas. That is uh, September seventeenth. Uh, dear listener, mark your calendar. That is going to be the funniest day of college football yeah. this year. Oh my! I, I'm so irrationally excited for that. Right? <laughs> um, oh damn it! They play Army uh, September tenth. And yeah, you lose to Army twice. Ah, shit. Um, that's unfortunate. But we do get we do get that because there there's going to be a, a large part of that game that's going to be miserable for um Texas. So, uh, you think it, Arch uh, decommits after that one? <laughs> uh, I think that Arch Manning is is going to be like the fifth richest person in the state of Texas. I have no other understanding of why he would go there. Future Governor Arch Manning. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure that, that he's been promised a Senator, uh, a senatorial stop, spot, but I know that they want to get rid of one of theirs. So, you know, why not? Um, so team number two uh, is UAB who you might remember as the dragons. I know that they call themselves the blazers. They have a dragon on their helmet. They're the dragons. Um, did, didn't they actually plan to scrap the program like two or three years ago? They did scrap the program two or three yeah. years ago. And now they're number two? It says more about the Conference USA than it does about UAB, though, doesn't it? Um, Bill Clark. Bill Clark is their coach. Um, you shouldn't know him, but he's like, uh, he's one of those guys who like, well-respected, you know, just sort of like a Bill Snyder-esque coach. Now we get to the best team in the Conference USA. I know that they're picked to finish third. I don't care. Western Kentucky is everybody's favorite team. If you don't like Western Kentucky, you don't like America. That's all I have to say about that. Do they have a a new Bailey Zappi waiting in the wings, Asa? They do. They do. Uh, West Virginia transfer, Jarrett Dogecoin, um, D-O-E-G-E. Uh, he is Dej. a Dej, Dej. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, doesn't matter. They're going to throw the ball 800 times and they will make your honestly mediocre to bad pass defense look horrendous for the rest of the year. Cause that's what happens when you play Western Kentucky. Um, they also have three, uh, offensive coordinators. Yeah. One of, one of whom is named Ben Arbuckle. Not that there's anything about Ben Arbuckle, but just. It's a funny name. It's like Fatty Arbuckle. Uh, you know, it's a funny name. Nothing, nothing deeper than that. Um, yeah. Do you got any other thoughts about Western Kentucky other than the fact that they're awesome? Um, they make Corvettes in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Huh. I think that, that, that that's an, an, an important thing that we're going to now incorporate into the rest of this preview, which is uh, we mentioned the city that they're from and we get fun facts about them. For example, Guess who's finished to finish? Guess who's picked to finish fourth in the Conference USA? It's Boca Raton's very own Florida Atlantic. Florida oh. Atlantic, the team that derailed UTSA's uh, Cinderella season last year. Correct. Um, Florida Atlantic. Florida. Go ahead. What? Oh, 
Okay. Um, that might have, that, 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 that's something else. Florida Atlantic's funny for two reasons. One, they have a former Miami quarterback, uh, Nkosi Perry, uh, who uh, did not beat out De'Ara King. Um, and they, they uh, also have a left tackle from Rutgers. So Rutgers lost their uh, starting left tackle to Florida Atlantic. Now, uh, does anybody have anything funny about Boca Raton? Or are we just going to let Boca Raton speak for itself here? I, I have to imagine in a, in a, if Miami can't get people to show up to games, <laughs> what, what hope is there for, for the mouth of the rat, right? Like, what is... Look, you, and, and, and presumably they're scheduling games at noon on a Saturday. And in that community, you're going to have a tough time getting people to show up at noon on a Saturday. Because, you know, like, what? There's the, you got to have some lunch afterwards. <laughs> yeah. So it's this whole thing. You got to park. You got to get there park, early. Yeah. You're better off just, just staying home. You have your bagel and, and, and cream cheese. And then you go to, to, to dinner at 4.30. Presumably. I have a boat with FAU personally they I think that they they really circumvented uh dropping the name of that prison company oh. stadium and uh I feel like we we really missed out that they're the owls and uh everyone was starting to call their stadium owl Catraz. it was so and, good uh, yeah uh, so I, I'm still miffed at them about dropping that yeah that was taken from us unfairly it was too, too soon and like, and, and, and like college football Twitter moves very quickly, but like we only had Alcatraz for like a week. <laughs> um, they give it, they take us. Yeah. So the next team is, uh, is, is uh, a team that Tim has a, a deep love for, uh, Denton, Texas, North Texas. Um, oh, yeah. Because oh, Tim, yeah. Tim played for them in a college football dynasty that went like 17 years. That that was uh, that was remarkable. We we went all in on North Texas there uh, in NCAA football for a while, that, sure. and that was where we we generated like we got the actual names for the players, and we played with them for long enough that like we knew way too many guys on the North Texas football team. Like it was it was really we probably knew more the names of more players on the North Texas football team than their coach did. Uh, their coach is Seth Luttrell. Before that, it was um, somebody else whose name I should know, but don't. Um, yeah, I, I I got nothing for you. Um, number I think, uh, an all time move by North Texas that I always remember um, was just hiring the the top high school football coach in Texas and hoping that it would work. It was such like a Friday Night Lights type strategy. Of just being like, oh yeah, this guy, this guy turned Austin Westlake around. He sh- he should be able to do big things in Denton. He did didn't, not. Didn't like his wasn't like his son a top recruiter. Or something? Yeah, that was the strategy. It's like yeah. when you when you like uh, hire hire a, a personal trainer as an assistant coach in order to get like a really good basketball player. Except the difference is, is that you give him the ring, like the keys to your program and and hope it doesn't go off the rails. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, except the difference is uh, if you get one good basketball player, you can usually do something with it. If you get one good football player, you're still North Texas. Um, the uh, defensive coordinator of, oh, that guy, huh? The defensive coordinator of North Texas is um, Phil Bennett, who you might remember as being the defensive coordinator for uh, 
Oklahoma, Kansas State, Pitt, Baylor, Arizona State at various stops in his career. Um, Purdue, LSU. He's been around the way. Uh, Middle Tennessee State plays football. Their coach has been their coach since I was 15 years old. Um, that's it. That's all I got. I, I, I don't want to talk more about Middle Tennessee State. I don't believe that they're real. Uh, anytime I talk about them, I get sad. Uh, shit, do you know where Dave Warner is right now? It's it's 2.04 p.m. on a Sunday. Do you know where your Dave Warner is? I'm assuming he's in the in the Conference USA somewhere. He is the offensive coordinator of UTEP. Ooh, my ears. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't I don't know what else to say about that. I mean, he's... there was a lot of talk of uh, last year them doing the the UTEP UTSA as college game day because um, I, I want to say UTEP was pretty good last year. They they started out very good and. Yeah, they were six and one at one point. Um, and then Dave Warner's offense uh, stopped scoring points as it is wont to do. Uh, Louisiana Tech is based in Ruston, Louisiana. Their co- their coach, Sonny Cumbie, uh, who is a, I think he's like a leech guy, uh, Texas Tech type deal. Uh, they have an offensive coordinator named Scott Parr and a defensive coordinator named Scott Power. I find that funny because in a Southern accent, I think that those names are both Scott Parr. Um, I, I don't know that that comes up. I like to believe it does. A Louisiana accent is not necessarily the same as the accent I just used, but I do think it's funny that there's a Scott Parr and a Scott Power as coordinator. Uh, feels made up. <laughs> I Yeah. And I'm I'm curious if one has to has to like begrudgingly go by Scotty just to like switch it up, or is like yeah we got Scott and Scott P. Well, they're both Scott, but yeah, Scotty P. Which one? Which Scott? Because you can't even go by like one of you is 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 your last name. Because like hey Par, which which one? Offense Scott. (laughs) Offense offense Scott. Um, they have a they have a a wide receiver named Smoke Harris. I don't that's have anything a good else. Name yeah, for a player. Yeah, wide that's receiver. Cool. And it's that's not like win. Like, yeah, yeah. It's 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 a good name, and it's not like uh, Auburn's Smoke when they had Smoke Monday, who was a linebacker. And it's like you can't use Smoke as a linebacker name, or like they had a running back named Tank Bigsby. Like, just switch your nicknames, guys. <laughs> running back Lindsay. Smoke. You know. Um, do you, do you have anything about, uh, about, uh, the rice owls other than the fact that Mike, oh, that's Mike Bloomgren, not Mike Holmgren, different coach entirely. Marcus Tuyasasopo is their offensive coordinator. Wow. Do you remember that name guys? That's a name. Yeah. The whole Tuyasasopo clan, right? Yeah. It was a whole thing. Um, and then, uh, pick to finish. Does anybody rice, you know? bringing on a, a prison company for naming rights. I, I feel like we could get another bite of this apple, even though FAU walked out the door. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that the state of uh, Texas and, and Houston, Texas in particular, would have any uh, qualms about that, given um, what we know about them. Um, yeah, no. Uh, finishing 10th, Charlotte, the 49ers. Different 49, though. People, people uh, forget that. Uh, the 49ers in... San Francisco, 1849. In Charlotte, 1749. Hmm. Yeah, 
like the 76ers or the 1776ers. Um, did you know that, Tim? Is that where you, that, that, that's where the basketball team got their name? No, I thought, I thought it was the 1976ers. I, I thought that they were aspirationally named. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's possible, I guess. Uh, finishing last is FIU. Um, they're based in Miami. They're the Panthers. Uh, I had a buddy play basketball there. Um, I don't have any other fun facts about FIU, do you? Did Mario coach there? Uh, he did. Mario Cristobal did coach at FIU and did not do overwhelmingly well. You really think FIU will finish below Rice? I do not. Lindy's. Yeah, is. I think Rice is. <laughs> Rice is traditionally pretty bad. When you're when you're like the Duke equivalent of your conference, we just assume you're bad. Um, every conference has a Duke. People forget that. Um, the SEC's Duke is Vanderbilt, uh, Big Ten's uh, Northwestern, or Purdue. Which one do we think? Probably Northwestern. Northwestern. Yeah. It's private. So yeah. I think that's the big difference. Um, the, the uh, Weirdly, Pac-12's uh, Duke, not Stanford. It is, in fact, Cal. Cal is the Pac-12's Duke. Uh, I Pac-12, don't... Pac-12 has a lot of Dukes. Well, they don't have the academics. Uh, but you know who does have uh, academic prowess as well as uh, forward thinking? Guys, it's Mac time. You guys ready for some action? Um, so here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. Instead of going team by team here and trying to remember literally anything, I am going to instead remind you of some guys. And you're going to tell me how you feel about those guys and where they would potentially fit in an all-Mac team. Okay? Rocky Lombardi. Rocky Lombardi always went into straight hero mode at the last, end of last season for Northern Illinois, and I'm excited to see the encore. Uh, yeah. That's, that's your a game. Yeah. First, first team all-Mac, Rocky Lombardi. Let's go. Um, I, I got to tell you, like, I don't, I don't know what the rules are for transfers. Like, do you like transfers when they leave your program? Like, obviously, Tim is not going to be a huge Travis Dye fan from here on in. Um, <laughs> I wish him the best. Do you? I think in general, you wish, wish yeah. the transfer the best unless they transfer for kind of like selfish slash criminal reasons, right? Like if someone if someone gets kicked off your team and they transferred and they do something that that is illegal that a, a human being should not do to another human being, you you start to say, hey man, like hope you turn your life around, but I'm I'm not tuning into your games and supporting you. A player like Rocky Lombardi who I think like had it been up to him would still be on Michigan State's team right now, even as a backup. Yeah. Uh I think like, yeah, you gotta root for a guy like that, especially uh, when he's doing well, right? It'd be one thing if he was like an embarrassment and the joke of, of the Mac, but the, we're talking a projected first teamer. I mean, that that's, it's so funny to me that <laughs> we have, we live in a world in which um, Rocky Lombardi had like gets a second life as a really good Mac quarterback, <laughs> um, which I like, I suppose is its own indictment because maybe that's what he was always going to be. Michigan fans, notwithstanding. Um, hey, you guys remember when Rocky Lombardi beat Michigan at Michigan? <laughs> I do. I do remember that. <laughs> oh, God. 
Miami, Ohio has a quarterback named Brett Gabbert. I don't know that he has any relationship to Blaine Gabbert. Oh, his his brother? Yep. So go Brett Gabbert. I hope Brett Gabbert goes really well, and I hope that Jacksonville drafts him in two years. Yeah, it it seems like Miami is going to likely win the the MAC this year. They uh, or at least win the um, the East Division. Yeah. That is a a school that has historically like been a very good football program. But man, that is a disengaged fan base, and and it is a it is not close to a major enough population center where you can just like drop in for a football game. Right? Yeah. It's not like, uh, Oxford, Oxford, Ohio is not, or Miami, Ohio, no, Oxford. Oxford, you're right. Oxford, Ohio is not, they have the location here as Miami, Ohio. Like uh, Oxford, Ohio is not near stuff. Um, and everybody in Oxford, Ohio, I assume, is a fan of another team. Um, yeah, Ohio State. Yeah. For the yeah. Most part, <laughs> yeah. Um, so so that's that's that. I can't um, go to the Miami game because then I'll miss watching the Ohio State game. Right. Right. Um very eastern eastern Michigan energy there. Mm-hmm. Um I, I, I don't want to uh criticize our, our friends in Ipsy, but very strong eastern Michigan vibes there. Paul Petrino is the head co- is the offensive coordinator of at Central, and Jim McElwain is their head coach, and they are picked to finish fourth in their d- division, not in their conference. Paul Petrino, Jim McElwain. Lou Nichols, who's probably the best running back in the Mac, and they can't finish above half. Um, in case you're wondering how Jim McElwain is doing, not very shark-like behavior, if I had to say. The the Chippewas finished the season hot last year. They did uh, five game winning streak, including a win over uh, wait, what, what Fireballs? Probably biggest biggest uh, client clientele. Do you think do you think that there's a bigger consumer of fireball than Pullman Washington? <laughs> Probably not, no. Yeah, but they won seven of eight, including a bowl game. And their only loss was to, to Rocky, to Rocky and, and those Huskies. That's so I, I'm actually curious to see if they'll be able to ride that momentum. They they had some good offensive linemen, but uh I appreciated how they just ran the ball up the gut every play and, and tried to have someone stop Lou Nichols. Um uh and uh yeah. I'm 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 very much into that. I, I, I like that uh I like the the concept of Central Michigan. Central Michigan was always my like secondary team in, in Michigan, right? Like I liked Michigan State and then I liked Central. Um because I had more friends go to Central than uh Western or Eastern. Um speaking of Western, Peyton Thorne's dad is their offensive coordinator. That's cool. Good for yeah. him. Yeah. Uh they're running back. Ladarius Jefferson, another guy. Kind of a running back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he he he's he's hanging on to the dream. Ladarius Jefferson, running back. He is still six one two fifty though, um, and and shouldn't be a running back. Uh, but he's a uh, he's a guy who's at Michigan State. You know, uh, a thing. Um, let's see. Uh, what else? Oh, Anthony Rumpf. If you remember him from recruiting, he was a guy who Michigan State was like keeping warm and then he ended up uh, committing to Purdue and people said that Mel Tucker couldn't recruit. Um, he transferred to uh, Western. So that's the news there. Um, let's see. Anybody else in the uh, in the MAC who we want to talk about? Uh, Scott Leffler is the head coach at Bowling Green. Um, you might remember him from such things as being a really bad offensive coordinator at a lot of stops. Um, 
do you have any thoughts about the uh, Ohio Bobcats, Jonathan? That's a, I would say a, a, another school that, that struggles to, to put fans in seats, but Athens is awesome. What a, what a fun and, and beautiful college town. I had a great time there. Uh, I actually do have one more thing that I want to talk about in the Mac, which is that Joe Moorhead is the head coach of Akron. Or that I didn't know. That's going to be fun, I think, right? Yeah. I think we got some fun action coming this season. I think, I, the, I think that the, the teams aren't necessarily like the best, but I think that unlike in a, in a lot of recent years where it was a clear kind of one team ran away with it. I think there's a lot more parity in the, in the Mac this year where I think we're going to get a lot of entertaining games. There's some like dynamic offenses plus it's, it's the only show in town. So I, I think it should be good. Uh, you want to remember a, uh, a guy real quick? Do you remember Anthony Williams jr? Yeah. Yeah. He's at Akron and he, and they're playing Michigan state on September 10th. Oh, that's cool. Yes. I, I hope someone, I hope someone writes a story about it. Revisits that. I'm sure that there will be something from our, our good friend, uh, Chris Solari. Um, do we have any thoughts about the Mountain West? I guess, uh, Tim, you're, you're also our, our Western football conference uh, expert here. The Mountain West action? Absolutely. Uh, so we got – actually, Fresno State is actually good. Um, yeah. They actually – they're like, like jokes aside, they actually are good at football this year. Um, like I, I don't, I don't, I don't have much else to say. Like I expect that, like if there's going to be a team out west that like San Diego State's it, like what San Diego State did last year, where like in the late in late October we were all like, wait, are they undefeated? Like seriously? And I think that that's going to be what what they're doing. Um, Brady Hoke is uh, is the head coach of San Diego State. Um, do you know who their quarterback is this year, Tim? Do you know? I I actually don't, but I. I feel like as soon as you say it, I did hear something about this. I just can't recall it. Braxton Burmeister. Yes, that's yes. Um, the former Oregon cast off. Uh, not he was not great. He was he was really, really built to be like the next great thing in recruiting and coming in to the point that people were like wanting to get a look at him as a true freshman. And man, when he got his shot, he was not good (laughs) no no but he went then went to virginia tech uh and had a very loud win over i want to say clemson or something like that like i remember he had a a win and i texted you after it and be like hey remembers braxton burmeister and i believe your response was why um but uh yeah so so with sdsu are they still paying like is Brady Hoke collecting his his new contract and his former contract, or like? That's a good question. I, I'm sure that that, that that like as part of the new contract, like like they they paid the buyout of the old contract. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, but the Mountain West um, is fun because they also have Hawaii. Do you know who Hawaii's Hawaii's coaches? That guys. Timmy Chang, right? Oh Timmy yeah, Chang. This there was actually a big scandal about that, wasn't it? Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because That's they're, cool, though. They're, That's they're, a treat. That's a yeah. treat for those night owls and folks on Pacific Standard Time. Um, I, I think what what the the fun thing about the Timmy Chang thing was, um, it was like a it brought to bear like a lot of the problems with like the Rooney Rule, 
which is like a really good idea in theory that you should be you should be attempting to hire people of diverse backgrounds. And the way that we're going to do that is you have to interview them. But like a lot of times people make a decision before interviews. <laughs> and so like you have people going and interviewing for things that they have no shot at, which is um, what happened with Hawaii is that they interviewed Timmy Chang and then they interviewed somebody else and the Chang contract was already. Um, so like this is like a very small version of what happened in uh, for the New York Giants um, and uh, that lawsuit but uh we're here at we're we're here on fun things not on um uh racism is is a thing in college sports because of various structural issues that we're not going to get into but uh hey september 3rd utah state goes to alabama you think alabama's going to enjoy that as a kickoff game i uh i think alabama's going to win every game by 100 points this year um it's not a terrible theory <laughs> i guess maybe less maybe i'll say 30 points but yeah i think this is this is going to be one of those years. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. Until they like meet Ohio, right? I guess maybe they'll have some like fun games in the SEC title game or something. Yeah. They'll have like one weird scare where they're like down at halftime. Um, and then they win by 30. Old Miss will inexplicably give them a run for their money. Without Bo Nix. Hey, he's uh, he's at Oregon now. Sure is. Enjoy that experience. Uh, Jeff, hey. Ted- Jeff Tedford. Uh, head coach at Fresno State. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and he's got a he's got an NFL quarterback. I would never draft that quarterback because he's now a Tedford quarterback, and outside of one, those tended to be bad, didn't they, Tim? Yeah, not so good. <laughs> Tedford you, could reliably get six to seven wins out of those quarterbacks. Everybody's like, "Wow, they got six or seven wins at Cal. They must be great." And uh, we've seen how that played out. Literally, only, I, I can. I think only one Tedford quarterback was successful in the pros, right? I mean, and he was very, very successful. But outside I, of Rodgers, I mean, can you even call him a Tedford quarterback? Like he, he, like when he names his school, it's like what Butte Community College. <laughs> he does, he does like, prefer Butte. No, I, I, I mean, Trent Dilfer and David Carr were. were I mean, Trent Dilfer was. was quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's probably. The, probably the Joey the, Harrington was a multi-year NFL starter. That's true. That's true. No one uh, ever talks about the Tedford running backs, who are also very disappointing. With <laughs> it's like there was one year at Cal where Jeff Tedford like went on vacation at the, at the time when he normally screws people up. But uh, but yeah. So other other notable things in the Mountain West: uh, Air Force. They're going to do the Air Force thing. Uh, I don't have anything else for that uh let's see um oh right uh colorado state uh has jay norvell as their coach um who was at memphis with his brother mike norvell for like 10 years and everybody sees him as the um how do i put this nicely carl polini of that family and now he gets to be the head coach of colorado state uh this colorado state uh, a very funny thing that they did is is they had a 28-man recruiting class that featured 12 freshmen and also 11 transfers from Nevada. <laughs> I love that because it's it's not like you're getting transfer like 11 transfers from Georgia. 11 no, it's kind of like when uh it's kind of like when a big company will buy. A, like a small tech startup not because they want the product at all but because they kind of liked the programmers and they were pretty good at working well together 
so you know you just like make the investment and you're able to bring them all over and and that's basically what Colorado State has done so hopefully they're all like they're all friends maybe they can you know get reacclimated to the the Nevada lifestyle there in in Fort Collins but uh it was an asset purchase not a uh... yeah (laughs) but yeah no the last year Colorado State had a had a big time collapse going from three and three to, to three and nine. And, and at the last game of the season, they lost 52 to 10 to Nevada. And then apparently the lesson was we need some of those guys. Like, those guys bring them over here. <laughs> yeah, their backups might even be good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if they're good, imagine how good their backups are. Um, Nevada is also a thing. They, they have a, a new coach, I guess. I don't really know. Um, Marcus Arroyo is the head coach at UNLV who, you know, whatever. Um, and New Mexico is the worst team in college football. Are we good with that? No, is New Mexico state worse? One of the New Mexico's is very, very bad. Thanks guys. Not a lot of excitement about, about the mountain West this year. I gotta say, maybe it's, maybe it's, uh, I don't know what it is, but you'd think with all of the growth in the mountain states, you know, that it's getting a lot of attention, the, the fun cities that are there, the, if they're, none of, none of these teams really excited me. You know, I'm sure Boise State will be, be fun to watch every once in a while. The, the Air Force will be, will be a good time. And, and, you know, we'll get to, to see maybe some of those 11 freshmen playing, but yeah, not a, not a lot of fun in the mountain West this year. I don't think. No, but that does bring us to the most fun conference, which is of course the fun belt. Um, which actually does have like like three distinct fun teams this year. Um, uh, Appalachian State brings in Chase Bryce, who is a quarterback at both Clemson and Duke. He was Trevor Lawrence's backup. Then DG, DJ Uyangalele um, committed and uh, Chase Bryce left, went to Duke, lost the starting job. And now he's in Appalachian State because really he really likes the Carolinas and the Charlotte metro area. Um, specifically. Um, but here's, here's a name who is somehow only a junior. Grayson McCall at Coastal Carolina is somehow only a junior. And I don't know how that's possible. Yeah. Um, he's, uh, he was starting as a freshman, uh, redshirt freshman, but he's been tearing that up. I can't believe that their coach uh, is, did not get more interest last year for a head coaching job after what he's done there in the last few years. I'm wondering if, if he's waiting to see how things pan out, like, you know, as, as the head coach at coastal Carolina, um, I think if I were him, I'm just like to talk about him specifically, if I'm him, I'm just waiting till Saban retires. Like I'm going to kick ass at coastal Carolina. I'm going to wait till Saban retires. Um, Dabo will go to Bama. Yeah. And then you say like, okay, like, are you really going to go like what, what you're going to go try to get who, to come to Clemson because like as, as good as Clemson has been um, over the last, I don't know, 10 years longer, but yeah, 15, 15, 15 years. Um, Clemsoning was a thing. Well, well into this, this uh, last decade. Um, Like, it's not like it's, it's, it's a historic program, but it's not like Bama. So I think like you could do worse than getting, you know, a Jamie Chadwell. Um, I think I think Appalachian State is going to win the Sun Belt because Appalachian State is really good at football and they have been for a very very long time and I don't have any like deeper 
commentary about that other than even even like now what they've done is they've they've utilized the transfer portal in the way that uh, if I were running a like a group of five team this is exactly what I would do is I would I would rely on um transfers at like the positions you can and build depth where you can't get good transfers from local talent because transferring from Duke to Appalachian state or North Carolina to Appalachian state or Clemson to Appalachian state is very easy. Like logistically, like you're moving like 45 minutes. Um, and you know, as opposed to trying to move across the country. So that's, that's more or less what I would do. Um, the Chanticleers, the fancy chickens of coastal Carolina, they're going to be good. Um, uh, the, the, the mythical rooster chickens. Rooster chickens, of course. Um, when did Louisiana stop being Louisiana Lafayette? Over the last few years, a handful of of schools changed Wait, shit. Their... Did you know that James Ohonba uh, transferred? I think I did know that, yeah. To Louisiana Lafayette? I, I'm, I'm only... Um, I, that's what I learned in, in glancing over their... their yeah, they did it like right around when Charlotte became Charlotte instead of UNC Charlotte. Yeah. Probably four years ago. I, you know, I, I, I think it's probably good from like a, somebody told them a branding thing, but like. Yeah. They said, you're the number two. There's the University of Louisiana and there's Louisiana State University and there's Louisiana Tech. That's that was what they were told. So. Yeah. But they're still called the Raging Cajuns, so I don't you know. know. It's, it's a dead giveaway. You're going to Lafayette. The second, the second you get on the phone with anyone from that university. It's like, yeah, I'll see y'all soon here. Uh, and it's like, like we, we're, we're trying to be serious. We are the University of Louisiana. We are the State University of Louisiana. What, what's your nickname? Is it the Tigers, the Wildcats, the Raging Cajuns? Excellent. Excellent. Is, that, is it Raging Cajuns? It is not. <laughs> It is not. I, uh, I, I I would like to start a petition that Coach O just become the new mascot of the Raging Cajuns. I second that. Yeah, it is. It is the uh, uh, this we we are we are owed our Louisiana Tech versus Louisiana Lafayette Bourbon Bowl this year. Oh uh, yeah, Bobby Boucher, man. The Bobby. Yeah. Can, can we call, call it the, the uh, whatever? Um, oh, I found Clint Trickett, guys. He's the, the he's the offensive coordinator at Marshall. So, so, so that that's a uh, pulling it back that, to a previous discussion. We circle on Clint Trickett. Full circle on Clint Clint Trickett. Um, is is it Georgia State? No, Georgia Southern. Um, broke all of our hearts by hiring Clay Helton and going away from the, um, the triple. Um, I'm very, very displeased by this. Stolen from us. Yeah. Like, I, I think that, that, that we, we deserve more, um, more triple option and not, not less. Um, uh, I confuse Georgia Southern with Georgia state. One of them, it tends to be good at football. One of them runs the triple. Um, Georgia state tends to be good. Here we are. Um, Troy, uh, has a tight end named Michael Weiss. Uh, initially I thought it was Michael Vick. I thought that was going to be a much more interesting discussion. It was not. Um, Butch Jones is the head coach at Arkansas state. That I didn't know. That's not a very good team this year. No, no, it's not. Um, do you know that he went two and 10 last year? You went out and got Butch Jones. I went two and ten. You no, know, there are there are times that I think of these like 
alternate scenarios where MSU has a different coach that's not Mel Tucker. Mm-hmm. And one of and one of the like fan fictions I write in my in my simple brain is like the where we miss and we end up with like a Butch Jones or or something like that, or we end up with a Jim McElwain or yeah. um yeah. Well, I'm glad to know he's still coaching though. Yeah, he's he's living the dream. Um, I got to tell you though, if I were Butch Jones, I I probably wouldn't still be coaching because you won a national title. Um, you know, <laughs> so. Probably yeah. don't need to be in. Uh, I went to a, a restaurant in Jonesboro, and, Arkansas. And it was uh, Butch Jones um, was from, I want to say, yeah, Saugatuck, Michigan. Oh. And and I want to, I forgot what it was, but it was maybe a brewery or something in Saugatuck. And it's got like a ton of Butch Jones memorabilia all over it, which is a very funny, I don't want to say athlete, a very funny like sportsman to yeah. have uh <laughs> to like have a ton of memorabilia from right he like, played at ferris state in the 80s but yeah point yeah. stands um uh the so uh, i i i should probably should have let off with this but james madison is now a uh fbs school go dukes. Um, go dukes uh their offensive coordinator is a guy named mike shanahan um i don't think it's that mike shanahan um could be don't think it is um Old Dominion, uh, still kicking. Um, they have actually one of my favorite coaches. Ricky Ronnie is the head coach of uh, Old Dominion, but I have no idea actually if that's how you pronounce his last name. R-A-H-N-E. Yeah, that might be right. Ronnie, Ronnie Rain. Rain, one of them. Uh, South Alabama's offensive coordinator, Major Applewhite. I swear, the, like the best part of this, this going through this um, is that I get to remember – just a ton of people from like the early 2000s, right? Like we going through the power five is just like quarterbacks from 2002. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, Terry Bowden is the head coach of Louisiana Monroe. Do you think that there was like, how do you think the politics went down about the university of Louisiana at Lafayette getting the university of Louisiana over Louisiana Monroe? I think it's a much bigger school. Is it? Yeah. I know very little about the Louisiana system. Shout out to our friend, Sam. Um, please don't yell at me about much of what has gone on in this conversation. Uh, I, I know I know very little about the state of Louisiana. Um, it is what it is. Uh, and the worst team, the team uh, slated to be worse in Sunbelt is Texas State. Um, their coach is Jake Spavital. Their offensive coordinator is Jake Spavital. Their defensive coordinator is Zach Spavital. Nepotism works. Family affair. Nepotism works, guys. Um, I, I guess the only, I, I guess while we're here, um, you know, because group of five, you know, talking about sort of these caliber, so to speak, teams. Um, I'm not going to talk about Liberty. Hugh Freeze is, is either funny or incredibly depressing, depending on exactly how much you want to be serious about these things. Um, we take it mildly seriously. He's a jackass. Uh, Army is going to be the troops, and we support the troops. Uh, UMass, Don Brown, head coach at UMass. Hmm. Fall from grace there. He got a head coaching job, though. That's yeah. kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, I always thought that he... He got unnecessary shit. It's not his fault that Michigan didn't have people who could st- uh, stick with... Ohio I thought, State. well, he, he like, had the best offense or best defense in football for, like, four straight years. 
granted, he made very few changes to that defense, but I'm I, I'm excited to see what he can do in UMass. That's a go minute man. Yeah. Uh, he, um, and then the, uh, so the second to last team we have here is, uh, New Mexico state, um, Jerry kill very excited for him because it means that he's healthy. Presumably, um, he had to leave the Minnesota job because of, uh, health issues. Um, so, uh, congrats to Jerry kill. He brought in Tim Beck to be his offensive coordinator. Who's the offensive coordinator with him at Minnesota. He got the head coaching job at Minnesota. It lasted for, um, not very long before uh, PJ Fleck came in and PJ Fleck uh, we'll talk about this in the big 10 preview. He might have a mini mutiny going on. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if uh, I, I know that you have folks in, in Minnesota. Do they have any thoughts on the uh, mass uh, hatred of PJ Fleck? Um, you know, I haven't, I haven't chimed in with them yet. In fact, most of them are, are have been at the lake all summer. I, I don't know if, if they've even been following it very closely, especially with the twins having a pretty good year. Um, <laughs> it is pretty bizarre though. Uh, yeah. You know, I imagine it would be really just at a, at a high level, like it'd be very disappointing as a parent to have this like facade of a person just completely wear off and dissolve in front of you. Uh, that. Yeah. That sucks. It's funny though. Um, because it appears that none of this is like criminal. So like him being a shitty person and a shitty coach is funny unless it's criminal, uh, Hugh Freeze. Uh, and the last thing we're going to talk about is, uh, my favorite team, uh, in all of college football, uh, the Connecticut Huskies. Um, they are coached by Jim Mora in the year 2022, the Connecticut Huskies are coached by Jim Mora. A lot of, lot of, lot of questions. I don't, I, I don't, I don't know. Oh, do you oh, remember Jim Moore's kid? Yeah, Jim Moore Jr. Not. Oh God, I was like, he's got to be ninety, right? Like, it's been twenty years since he's coached. <laughs> no, Jim Moore Jr. Who was at uh, UCLA for a while. Got um, it. Well, even I mean, he's still sixty, but yeah, he at least. Yeah, that's. Oh, he was out of not a coach for a while before he took this yeah. UConn job. Yeah, he was like he was like on the third <laughs> level. Of like the CBS hierarchy of, of so uh, so Jim, tell us about this gap in your resume. <laughs> um, so uh, the last thing about Connecticut is that they do you remember last year um, when Sean Clifford went down against Iowa, uh, the Penn State Iowa game, mm-hmm. and they brought in like a five star quarterback who couldn't throw the ball, and like it was like sort of like it, it was sad. It was a bummer because yeah, yeah, you could tell they were uh, it was a good team that. We got their best player taken from them. Yeah, and we're bad. And 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 like it was also sad because like you could tell like this quarterback was not ready. Like he, he mm-hmm. was like like sometimes freshmen come in and it's like oh I can see why you are a Division One football player. Like maybe you make a mistake here or there, but like you can do this. And for him it was like oh you are not you are not ready to do this. He is going to be the starting quarterback at Connecticut this year. Cool. Yeah. So we're hoping for the best for him. We hope that Connecticut uh, wins all their games. Um, they are Utah State's first game before Utah State heads to Tuscaloosa. Um, they play Sean Tucker that has podcast favorite uh, uh, Syracuse's Sean Tucker, um, who has the best Twitter account in all of college football. Um, what he does after games, we'll talk about this in the ACC preview. He tells you what his stats were and then says that he could have done better. Uh, sometimes talks shit to his coaches. Um, 
And on September 17th, which is, again, potentially the funniest day in the history of college football, Connecticut comes to Ann Arbor. Look at them. Mark your calendar, folks, because if Michigan loses that game, I don't think Jim Harbaugh makes it to October. Uh, but a special thank you to our, uh, our guests. Um, Tim was here. He, uh, he lost, uh, we, we lost him, um, around the time that like, if you hear a weird jump cut in this episode, it's because, um, some weird things happened with some audio and then we couldn't get Tim back. So we hope he's doing well. Uh, I will text him as soon as this episode is done recording. Um, Jonathan, thank you for, for, for joining us. Uh, do you have anything you'd like to plug? No, I'm good. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It's always a, a fun to to talk about about these smaller schools and and looking forward to uh, uh, chiming in in other previews and maybe even longer term previews for some of these programs. Absolutely, absolutely. So a special thank you to our sponsors, Smith Workforce Management Group, as well as whoever Blue Air decided to put in. Um, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Diamonds Esquire if you want to find me specifically. I basically never tweet from there. If you would like to find the uh, general podcast Twitter, it's at TLS underscore N underscore TDS. Um, sometimes other people tweet from there. Uh, I think Jonathan has tweeted from there once, maybe zero times. Uh, nobody signs their names, so it's impossible to know who's tweeting, but it's usually me, uh, unless it's not. Um, we'll get the Instagram up and running just about the time that Charlie Weiss gets another job. Um, he's probably going to get another job soon because that's how these yeah, you might need to do the Instagram thing. Right. Yeah. Um, so uh, <laughs> special thank you to you, our listeners. Um, please like subscribe, share our, our next episode. will be featuring Bill Connolly of ESPN, which is pretty neat. Um, so uh, please uh, leave us a review. Uh, and obviously we couldn't and wouldn't do this without you. So thanks so much. And we'll see you next time. Podcast Network.